And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Wienland with Touch of God. And this week we're going to be talking about how we are led by what gets fed. And let us not be fooled or deceived into anything. Who wants to be fooled or deceived? We want to know the truth. We want to be led into the truth by the Holy Spirit. We need to know which master we are serving and be conscious every hour of every day. Who are we serving? Are we trying to seek the truth? Do we know our Lord? Do we know his nature? Do we know what he would want us to do in a given situation? Are we following our heart, which has been healed by the Lord, that has been sanctified by the Lord, if we have given him our life indeed? How can we be sure that we are not fooled or deceived into thinking something that is not the truth every day? We need to be doing things as the Lord would do them. We need to follow Jesus' example. So let us ask ourselves, who are we following? The world or the Lord? Is Jesus our Lord or is the world, money and evil desires our Lord instead? Who is our God? Who is our master? We want to be discerning the truth. We want to be following the truth. What we feed our soul with is what determines how we are led. What we feed decides how we are led and what leads us. In our previous life without Jesus, before we were born again, we were led by the desires of the flesh. We were conformed and kept conformed by this world because we were molded by what we gave ourselves to. We were conformed to this world. That is the Romans chapter 12, verse 2 scripture. The apostle Paul is writing to the Romans and he's saying, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, meaning reading the word of God and and believing it that it's true and acting it and understanding who you are in Christ now. But you see, back in those days where we were not with Christ, when we were not believers of Christ, we didn't receive him as Lord, confess him as Lord, have him as our Savior and our Lord every day, we were conformed to the world. The world was molding us to itself because we were in the world. We didn't know the Lord. We were being conformed by that which we gave ourselves to. We were led by evil desires and evil influences, the demonic darkness itself. That is all we knew, because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that the devil kept us blind all those years from finding out the truth of Jesus and the good news. That was before someone came and told us the good news, and we decided to listen some more and then ultimately made a decision to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Not only that, our old father was the devil. Now, I'm not talking about our biological father. I'm talking about our spiritual father was the devil. Now, we taught on this a couple of weeks ago. So today, you either belong to the devil or Jesus. You are either in the kingdom of darkness or you're in the kingdom of God's beloved son. You cannot be in both kingdoms at the same time. You cannot serve two masters. And some say that the devil owns the top of the fence as well as his own side. Now, Jesus said those who are of the same characteristics of the devil have him as their father. Jesus himself says this. John chapter 8 verse 44 is how he spoke about it. Jesus said to the Pharisees, You are of your father the devil, and it is your will to practice the lusts and gratify the desires which are characteristic of your father. 
he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him, for he is a liar himself and the father of lies and of all that is false. So the devil, according to Jesus, is not just the father of lies, but he's the father of all that is false. So if anything is false, the devil is the father of it. Now, to varying degrees of his nature, the devil's nature, we were like him before we came to Christ. To varying degrees. I want to make sure you you understand. We are not all murderers, but we have darkness. We had darkness within us. To varying degrees, we were committing different kinds of sins. And so we were in darkness and this was natural to us. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 says, So be done with every trace of wickedness, depravity, malignity, and all deceit and insincerity, pretense and hypocrisy, and grudges, envy, jealousy, and slander, and evil, speaking of every kind. Now, this list is not in the same list as the fruits of the Holy Spirit. As we know, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 lists the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It says, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. That means you can do these things all the time. There is no law against being gentle for the longest time. There is no law against that. There's no law to love one another. There is no restriction that can bring a charge. You see, these things you would not find in the devil's vocabulary because the devil is all about darkness and sin and death and sickness and disease and anything that would be the opposite of light and opposite of life opposite of righteousness, opposite of good, because he hates everything that is created in the image of God. He is always trying to keep people or try to influence others to control others, whether they be in government, whether they be in your family, whether they be in your town. That is why it's important to know Jesus and give him your life because you need to become a new creation and get away from that old father that you used to have. And once you do, you are glad that you found out the good news. You are glad that someone came to tell you about Jesus. Our old self, the one before receiving Christ, we did as our father did to varying degrees, depending on how much we wanted to indulge in those things, those desires. Jesus says the devil is the father of lies. Have we ever said a single lie in all our lives? We carried out his will if we did that. Like Jesus carried out the will of his father while Jesus was on the earth. I have said more than a few lies in my life. But since Christ, if I've ever even considered lying, it is like this line that I cannot cross. It is not in my nature to do it anymore like it used to be. Because the blood of Jesus has made me a new creation, and my old man is dead. And so is my old nature with that old man, with that burial. And now the Holy Spirit has come into me and is pointing out the truth to me, teaching me the truth as I read the Word of God. 
so that I no longer am deceived, because now I know the truth, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus is the Son of God, and Jesus was the Word made flesh. He is the Word, and the Word is what sets us free. Jesus sets us free. So we are convicted by the Holy Spirit, not just scriptural verses that the Holy Spirit brings up to us, but a prodding, a conviction in my heart when I stepped over a line and need to say sorry to the Lord and repent from doing it again. First John chapter 1, verse 9 says that when I confess my sins, He, the Lord, forgives me and cleanses me of all unrighteousness. See, the difference between the will of the Father that Jesus carried out and the will that we carried out on behalf of the devil before we came to Christ is the following. The Father's will that Jesus carried out was divine and perfect and everything that is good, all because of love. Secondly, Jesus was aware that he was carrying out the Father's will because he said he was. And the Bible says that Jesus said, I came to do the will of him who sent me, not my own. But before we came to Christ, some of us never even knew we were being influenced by the demonic realm and the fallen world and the fallen man around us, themselves being influenced by the world. Is it any wonder Jesus said on the cross to the criminals, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do? Some of us, on the other hand, were well aware we were being used by the devil and engaged in it, engaged in his practices and his characteristics and his nature and his ways to, again, to varying degrees, things that we shouldn't have been doing, unrighteous acts. Here's some examples. Fortune tellers, diviners, astrologers, psychic readers are examples of those people who illegally enter the spiritual realm to do the devil's will. The devil's will that we were carrying out before we came to Christ as believers was to varying degrees evil, from a so-called white lie to the extremes and varieties of sins. Sin is sin. It is the opposite of righteousness. It is the opposite of what is good. It is opposite to right standing with God. It is darkness with no light, and it wants us to keep us down and keep us in chains and bondage. It wants us to keep us believing a lie, thinking that it's the truth so that we are never set free. When we came to Christ, we became a new creation. And we surely needed to become a new creation because the old one, being fallen because of the acts of Adam and Eve at the tree in the Garden of Eden, caused us to be needed, to be recreated, because otherwise we would all be going to hell and we would not have a choice to receive a Lord and Savior. Bless Lord Jesus to receive him on the cross, to receive him as our Lord and Savior, we would not be able to choose him. There would be no choice. There would be no option. No way out. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. This is the verse or one of the verses in the New Testament that speaks about the new creation that is the believer that has been engrafted in Christ the Messiah. We are a new creature altogether. And again, this is from the Amplified Classic Edition version of the Bible. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For our sake he made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as being in, and examples of the righteousness of God. 
what we ought to be, approved and acceptable and in right relationship with Him by His goodness. These are the things that we can rejoice about, that we can thank the Lord for. All these things that God has done for us. Jesus said, it is finished at the cross. We are a new creation as we believe in Jesus. We receive Him as Lord. And surely we need it to be born again. Now we get to focus on what the Lord wants, His will. Because God has come into us. And we're going to read about this in just a moment. God has come into us. And now we are being led by something else that we are now feeding on. We're no longer feeding on the desires of the flesh. We're no longer feeding that terrible, wicked heart, that desires of the flesh that we used to have. We're no longer feeding those things because the desire that we have now is more focused on Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that you're not tempted to still do some of those things you used to do. But if that is the case... Repent of it, turn from it, get back into the Word of God. If you say, well, I'm already reading the Word of God, I say increase it, increase it, increase it. Increase your time with the Lord, pray in tongues, praying in your most holy faith, according to Jude chapter 1 verse 20, praying in the Holy Ghost. You need to feed your soul. You need to feed your soul with the Word of God because the Word of God is alive and active, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. You need to feed your soul and your spirit with something that is going to push away the desires that are trying to latch on to you. Those desires were supposed to be buried with Christ, and they need to stay dead because otherwise, if you look at something you shouldn't be looking, you're trying to resurrect that old man, that old flesh, and it starts creeping out of the grave, and it starts to come up through the soil, and you don't want that. You want to keep him under the ground where all the worms are. The Holy Spirit brings us into the knowledge of the truth. We need to seek the Word of God. We need to seek the truth because the truth is what sets us free and keeps us free. Amen. When we turn away from the Word and we become embroiled in the distractions of life, in the affairs of life, then we are no longer being fed by something that is alive and active, the Word of God. We're being pulled away from that. And what is not truth, what is a lack of life, what is not life, it's death. It's a form of death. You are starving your spirit and your soul of righteousness and good things. The word is alive and active and it wants to be active and its mission is to be active in you. If you don't read the word, you're not allowing yourself to become corrected between the soul and the spirit, between the joints and the marrow, according to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. We want to and we desperately need the word of God in us so that we can continue to be well removed from the things of the world and being transformed by the world. And instead, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, based on what Paul wrote to the Romans. We need to be transformed. Just because we became born again and received a brand new spirit from the Lord, it doesn't mean he changed our mind. We now have the mind of Christ, but only when we are reading the word of God and start to think like God thinks. God didn't do a mind transplant. We're not robots. We have a free will. But he did change our heart. He's changing our heart with his nature in us. Let's read on here. The Holy Spirit brings us into the knowledge of the truth. John chapter 14, verse 26. It says, But the Comforter, 
counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus said, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. And he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. So when we give our lives to Christ, the Godhead comes to live within us. And we didn't have this before. We had evil influences by the demonic realm. We were void of God within us. We are our old creation, our existing creation. We were born out of our mother's womb and bless our mothers for having us going through those labor pains. But we needed to be born again of the Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 23 Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he will keep my word, obey my teaching, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home, abode, special dwelling place with him. Now, that's a conditional verse. Remember that the word if is very powerful in any statement, especially the word of God, and especially if Jesus is saying it. And remember, do not assume that if you don't do these things, that God will still come into you and abide in you. And I base that statement off of this verse because of the word if. Let's read it again. John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he will keep my word obey my teaching, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home, abode, special dwelling place with him. So let's make sure today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, brothers and sisters in Christ, okay? Let's love the Lord. Let's keep his word, obey what he's told us to do, which is what he's told his disciples to do, because he told them to tell us whatever he told them at the end of Matthew 28. So we need to keep his teaching. And then, Father, the great Yahweh, he will love us. And then Jesus said, we will come to him, meaning the believer, and make our home, abode, special dwelling place with him, the believer. So, John chapter 14, verse 23. Check it out for yourself. And we just need to make sure that we are doing these things the Lord commanded us to do. Keep his word. Obey his teachings. Obey these things that he's told us to do, because what he's told us to do is to spread the good news and to demonstrate the love of Christ and deliver people from the darkness. It's to take people out from where we used to be. We shouldn't just keep this for ourselves. We should freely give what we freely receive. Otherwise, it's selfish. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Let's read that again. But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Very similar to the previous verse we read out. There is an aboding that God has with us. If we love him, if we really love Jesus, if we keep his word, the Father will love us, and we, that is the Godhead, Jesus the Father, the Holy Spirit, will come to us and make our home in us, with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. That's your spirit and God's spirit coming together. 
So if your spirit and the Lord's spirit touch, you are surely going to be increasingly led in directions based on the pulling of the Holy Spirit because God now abides with you and you in him. That as opposed to the leading of your own flesh, which was crucified with Christ, or supposed to have been, and from being influenced by the leading of the demonic realm. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 to 26 says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus, the Messiah, have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature, with its passions and appetites and desires. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. Let us not become vainglorious and self-conceited, competitive and challenging and provoking and irritating to one another, envying and being jealous of one another. So you can see here that in verse 26, the Apostle Paul, who's writing to the church at Galatia, is telling the new church to make sure that they don't become self-conceited, competitive, provoking, irritating, jealous of one another and envying. Those things are not of the fruit of the Spirit. So that means it's possible to still act like you used to act, even though you're born again. But the likelihood that you will be able to continue to succeed in that, depending on your love for Jesus and the time in the Word and your focus on the Lord, it's all about your will, it will be diminished. The temptation to do evil will be vastly diminished compared to before you came to Christ because you now have a new nature. You have the nature of the Lord instead of the nature of your old father, the devil. You no longer have or you should no longer be exhibiting characteristics of your old father, but you should now be exhibiting the characteristics of your new one. So we can insulate ourselves from walking according to the flesh by giving ourselves over to spending time with the Lord, being conscious of being with him at all times, praying in our most holy faith, Jude chapter 1 verse 20, as we said, and reading the word of God, reading Jesus himself. And remember... Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. So, Who are we following today? We need to be seeking Jesus. We need to be in the word of God, the word which is light and the word which is life. Let's be absorbed by the things which are good for us. The life that comes from God himself. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me or by me. So let's be transformed so that we can repel evil that we can stay away from those influences and those influences that come towards us from the enemy will have no effect on us. It will have a diminished effect, a diminished and reducing effect. The more you increase Jesus, the less the influence of evil will be able to pull you in, to bait you. So increase time with Jesus, decrease time in your distractions every day, And you will be on the right course. You will be on the right path. And you will be with the way, Jesus himself. So thank you, Lord, today for your word. 
We bless your holy name. We thank you for leading us by your Holy Spirit. As we are one spirit with you, Lord, we thank you that that spirit, your precious Holy Spirit, continues to lead us, sometimes when we know it and sometimes when we don't. Nevertheless, you love us and want us to be led according to your paths of righteousness. We are the righteousness of you, Lord, in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, today for your Son at the cross and every finished work he completed. We thank you, Lord, that we have a conviction in our heart by the Spirit of the Lord to go deeper in you, to go deeper into your word and ponder and meditate on your word day and night, that it may be alive and active in our very being, our soul enriched by life and the light of God, so that we may have a greater resistance to being baited by the enemy to do things of evil, which is something we used to always be doing in our old man before, Lord Jesus, we were able to be buried with you in death, before we were resurrected with you and became alive with you. We thank you today, Lord, for all the sacrifice that you have for us. Let us not see you as having done that in vain, Lord. We bless you today, Lord. We thank you, and I speak your life and healing right over these people's bodies right now listening from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Lord, they are alive in you, and they are free from all sickness and disease. Lord, I thank you. There's nothing they need to do except just believe. And I believe, Lord, with them, and I thank you, Lord. It's already done. It's finished, and I thank you. I banish and I command all sicknesses and diseases to leave them now. In Jesus' name, all pain be gone from them, all cancer be gone from them, all problems with their eyes and their ears be gone from them. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. They are walking correctly. Their legs are the same length. Lord, I thank you for any limbs that need to be grown out to be grown. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for strength in their backs. Thank you, Lord, that they are walking upright with the best posture that they've ever had because they are alive in you and they are no longer in shame. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Until this time next week. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.